last night that prove that I'm right. There are telling signs in life. There are things that when you see them, you can just tell that behind closed doors, other things aren't right. And this is all about J.R. Smith. That, what should have been a flagrant two foul yesterday, is very telling to me what's going on with the Cavaliers. And what it is, is LeBron James, again, excellent. Of course. How, because he's amazing. And because he's next level. He's great. And the rest of them, not so much. And you know why? Because in the first game, they got disheartened. And it's creeping into the heads of the guys who are not LeBron James. Oh my God, we can't do it. Oh my God, it's over. This run is over. And they're second-guessing themselves. And now frustration. And JR is now acting like the New York Nick JR in that, in that play last night. And it's because he knows. It's coming to an end. And you start getting to the point where you're complacent. You don't care. You start making mistakes. And honestly, sometimes you are acting out so somebody will get you out of a situation you wish you weren't in. Maybe they'll trade me. Maybe Subconsciously, stuff like that happens. JR shoving that guy. There was no excuse for it. It tells you mentally where the rest of that roster is, which is we've given up. It's bad. Yeah, I think it's undeniable that 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 move by him last night by J.R. Smith that was absolute garbage. That Rookie. really was. It, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's well, I know so many people are like, you know, well, that's tough basketball, and it's like well, it's not even basketball, dude. It's not MMA. You're not like fighting each other. There's that's not what the game is, and that's often the complaint I have about dudes who will show me videos from like the NBA in the '70s and the '80s, and okay. they're like, well, check this out, and the dudes are punching each other, and yeah, I'm like, but, that's not it's not basketball. It's not. Yeah, I mean, but the problem with that is is that what what they don't show you forty seconds. After that is 75 free throws a game, which slows the momentum of the game down. You don't want that. You only think you want it. And and I I, I think if it went back to that and they stopped the game constantly to shoot three uh, free throws, you'd be pissed. Would any other sport do well in the hockey situation where there was controlled fighting in the game, where it's like, yo, two line, you know, a lineman and a linebacker, you guys have been going at it, you've been holding each other, you've been fighting with each other. You know what? Hey, you know what? We're gonna fight right now. Uh, I I think honestly, and in, in your Contact sports be pretty sweet, right? I think in football, if you watch, right. if you could watch two linebackers beat the crap out of each other, I think fans would like that. In basketball, I think it looks like, oh my god, what is happening out there? I mean, you've got you've got hockey. Obviously, there's fighting going on. Baseball, the bench clearing brawl. Even though those aren't what they once were, those no. still are a thing and and everything. So I just think maybe basketball would be well served there to be like, you know what, dude, we've 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 got an issue on our hands. This game's getting out of control. Why don't you pick your gladiator and you pick your gladiator? And you know what, you got three minutes. Here, go. That'd be awesome. It would. Well, <laughs> like, it'd I, be different, but it'd be awesome. What do I always say about MMA? That's why it's big. That's why people like it. It's because MMA starts where the other sports stop. Like, the minute that starts to happen right. on their field, everybody's like, no, 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 we can't have it. We got commissioners. We're worried. We got advertisers. We can't have it. And MMA starts right there, and that's why people like it. I just think it would be interesting to see that in the hockey perspective of, like, it was controlled. Not necessarily like baseball, where it's like, dude, yeah, just whole teams going at each other. Just like something where it was, you know, a, a time thing or whatever. Um, but as far as the points that you're making with the Cavaliers go, the only thing I'll say that I disagree with there is that I think these dudes on the team had to have known and have known, and I think anybody who watches the Cavaliers and is honest with themselves has known for quite a while that it was not going to happen this year. I mean... I personally, I don't, I don't know when, if at all this season, I was truly like, you know what, this is going to happen. No, but again, you are a more reasonable sports fan than than the average. And again, you know what it is, is because you're a true fan, meaning 
the Cavs could go 0 and 82. Yeah. And Fantone's on his couch, yeah. nachos, watching yeah. Cavs games. Yeah. Like, you could le- legitimately bring Bobby Sura back to, to player yes. owner. Yes. And, and Fantone has got Cavs. Dude, he's wearing a Cavs shirt today. I am. Most people are jumping off the Cavs bandwagon. I'm That's, all in. So, dude, what I'm saying is you kind of approach this from a place of you're just happy there's professional basketball going on. Yes. At the end of the day, uh, the Cavaliers are my favorite team, and pro basketball is my favorite sport, and that's just the way that it's always going to be. Um, I, I guess at this point, though, and and, and like I said, I think you're right with the analysis that guys know. And when you say Ty Lue and LeBron, that means everybody else on the roster. Literally every, like Kevin Love gone. Everyone, any you know, Kyle Corver is going to retire. And, and J.R. Smith probably going to retire. And like these dudes just aren't going to, you know, it, it, it's not going to be this. So I, Well, I, also, here's the thing you got to realize. It doesn't affect LeBron like it does the rest of the, the roster because LeBron is the only guy. Think about this. LeBron is the only member of the Cavaliers that has to worry about legacy when he's done playing. Yeah. The rest of these dudes have no legacy. Maybe Kevin Love a little. The rest of them, not really, though, right? No. And so the rest of these guys, have they don't have to worry about it. That's why even when you know you, it, it, it's not possible, that's why the greats still perform because, dude, this is still B-roll on his legacy. It's, if, if Kevin Love have has a legacy, it's where does he end up in the top 500 basketball players of all time. Now, right. listen, if you're on the list of the top 500 basketball players of all time, Time, that's a great place to be. That's is he higher re- than that. Uh, maybe 250. I mean, but that's even, but dude, no. I, I mean, without mm. really thinking about it, 250 is probably probably a bit of a stretch there. So to say, like, all right, where do I land on that list is a lot different than where do I land in the top, top five, ten. top five right, of yeah. all time. Like LeBron's putting himself into absolutely. So like, you, you you really at that point do have a, a a a much different perspective when it comes down to him. And I guess at this point, and like I said, it's been a long time since I've thought the Cavs were going to be able to win a championship this year. Um, if you watch the Indiana series and you thought that that was all like past, like, oh, we're with Cavs and moved on from that, you're crazy. You didn't think those problems were going to present themselves, you know, and 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 definitely last night proved itself as like, even if the Cavaliers are, are to squeak out the next four in a row, which I do not think is necessarily going to happen, but even if they were, they're not going to beat the West. They're not going to beat Golden State, dude. Golden State was prolific the other night. So, yeah. Just, he, just untouchable. Yeah, there are a couple of things going on there as well. I, I still think the Cavs can win this ball. Boston series. I don't want anybody walking away thinking I don't think that they can beat the Celtics. I think it's probably a seven-game series now, and I think you still got a shot to win it. You still got LeBron James, right? But I think we do need to start admitting now what I have been saying for months, and people have been on me on Twitter about it constantly. We lost the Kyrie Irving trade, guys. We did. We like it's it, it, just admit it. When and here's a good rule of thumb moving forward. When Danny Ainge calls you. Hang up the phone. That dude knows what he's doing. But Fantone's right. You can't beat the West. If you go back and look at game one in in the Western Conference Finals and you get Golden State where Steph wasn't good and Chris Paul and James Harden were both really good and it's still not close, that's scary. That's scary. When you got a team as good as the Rockets and both their stars played really well and you're not even close – that is a terrifying thing. So with kind of all this being said of like, well, it, it seems and I guess it's still open because there's still games to be played and there's still minutes left on the clock. But like as it seems to be, you know, I think we can all agree the window is closed at this point. Yes. And, and last night felt like a very, you know, a nail in the coffin almost. I guess you just have to look back at this and say to yourself, were the last four years worth it for me as a fan? Yes. And for me, it's 100% yes. Yes. I, I, I don't know what else to... 
it, if you answer anything other than yes to that question, what you're doing is forgetting how bad you would have been had he not come back for these four years. People, I mean, dude, it was bad. You know what I mean? And it was only going to get worse from there. Imagine, like, imagine this. Imagine a Cavaliers team f- headed by Ty Lu that doesn't have a LeBron James. Wow. I mean, wow. You might win 15 games. I mean, maybe. This, dude, if this, this, this is the problem with sports right here, is that this season should solidify LeBron. It should solidify him. And what he's doing with a bunch of guys who are just a bunch of also-rans. And make no mistake, why do you think that Jordan documentary is all the big rage right now? Why do you think Jordan wants that documentary coming now, out next year? Right. Why do you think Jordan what, can't wait, is going to participate? Because he knows people are starting to get old enough and die off, and the younger millennial generation's growing up, and they've only ever had LeBron. And so, of course, Jordan wants a... 10-part documentary series? A 10-part? Dude, how about just six? One for each championship, Jordan. Jesus. That whole thing thing screams, I'm trying to keep LeBron at bay. I mean, if those were an hour apiece, that's 10 hours. That's a lot of time. That's a lot. The moment I read about that, I was like, Jesus, dude. Like, Michael. Like, he is just... And again, I guess people would say that's why he's got the championships. Is because even being retired this long, this is how competitive he is but the numbers don't back it up if you go and look at the clutch moments of their careers LeBron's had just as many and has delivered in them that there are many of times where Michael Jordan was not clutch even in finals games Gary Payton held him from nine for 22 so I do the whole LeBron isn't clutch it's just you're right you and that's my basically I'm going a long way to say this Fantone is absolutely right if you didn't appreciate LeBron's run you better start doing it right now because it is tumbleweed on the Q floor in two years and you know I'm right more Stansbury show right around the corner hang on rock 106.9 welcome back to the Stansbury show on rock 106.9 online for you wrqk.com where we've just posted the uh trailer for the queen biopic bohemian rhapsody and i can't wait now i will admit that i am uh i am a fan of like music documentaries like this and like you know music movies about bands that i know and like i'm not like a huge queen fan i do like them i respect them um i love the songs that i love i'm not necessarily a die hard queen fan and much like you too i didn't get it at all while i was growing up i had to get a little grown up before I could be like, yeah, I, I I see what's in that band. Now, obviously, with you know the Wayne and Garth thing, you know what I mean. Yeah. Obviously that, but this is one of those things in life, though. Like I, when I was a kid riding the bus to school, I went to private school, and uh, I went to CBCA, and Walsh was right across the street, and so you would have to share buses sometimes. And there was a kid who lived in my neighborhood who went to Walsh, and I was going to CBCA, and his name was Ray, and Ray was a little weird. And Ray always sat in the back of the bus with his headphones on and kind of one of those kids who wore the same thing every day. You're kind of worried, does the elevator go all the way to the top? Yet he got straight A's like that kid, right? And Ray was the biggest Queen fan ever. And like he just would constantly listen to Ride My Bicycle on the bus. And everybody teased Ray. And so you didn't want to like anything that Ray liked. You were like, no, get the Ray off me. I can't have Ray on me. And so, like, Queen was kind of, like, associated with Ray that way. And, like, so, like, it took me becoming an adult and shedding that, you know, immature little boy stuff before I could be like, yeah, I really like this band. And they're pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's, good. it's hard to deny the number one influence and number two the the greatness of of Queen. I feel like I'm kind of like you, where it's not my favorite band in the world, but certainly I can listen to it and appreciate it. It's interesting though that you put them in that same catalog as you two, where it's like sometimes you do just have to grow up before you can like. Oh, I, I get what I that get is now. because I think a part of that is 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 you you learn how to appreciate something outside of what is your taste, something that is just like, well, this is what I like, and it's like it's not about what you like; it's can you appreciate this for other, what it is? Other things you don't necessarily that, that you wouldn't think you would like, right. right? I actually saw a meme the other day that kind of circles this that I really liked, and I actually sent it to somebody who fit this bill for me. And what it said is, is that people who show you new music are massively important. And I would agree with that. Like when people open your eyes to something that you never heard of or that you didn't know or that you didn't think you'd like and you end up loving it, like that is, there's real appreciation in that down the line where you're like, dude, I'm thankful I found this. Yeah, I I definitely can look at one of my very best friends and the relationship we have based on music of like, he'll send me stuff I like, I'll send him stuff that I think he would like, and that's why... 30 years later, we're still like in contact with each other. It's because it's like, oh, dude, I don't know if you listen to this, but you might. And that's like outside of that, like, don't get me wrong. We see each other. We hang out. But that's the thing that keeps drawing us back to each other. You know how people miss out on that a lot? And I don't know if this maybe this isn't as true as it was when I was growing up. But what would happen is, is you could never be the person that didn't know something. Or that didn't hear about something. You didn't want to be the last person to hear about something. Right. So people are like, dude, have you heard this band? You would lie and say, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, and then you'd end band. up not, you, you never heard it. And, and so you, you, you know what I mean? It, that kind of happens. And people do get a little stuck. Like people will say, you know, music sucks nowadays. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of it does, but like, does does everything suck nowadays? Uh, spoiler alert, a lot of it sucked in 1978, too. You just remember the stuff that you want to remember and be like, oh, dude, that was the best music well, ever was. Also, once you get a little bit older and you don't have to worry about impressing that circle of your friends yeah. and being afraid of the rays, you can admit that things that you liked back then that you liked, that, that now you're like, yeah, I like it. Back then, I would never admit it, but y- you did like it. Yeah, it's not that I think new music sucks. It's just that I think I suck at finding new music, where once upon a time, Dude, that was what I did. Like that's, I was just constantly looking for stuff. Like and like, oh, dude, if you heard this, if you heard this, and now it's like, dude, just listen to the same stuff over and over and over. For a while, I was doing good. I was listening to new music, and then all of a sudden, I listened to Deftones again, and it was over, dude. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna pretend like I'm 19 again. I guess. Yeah, I'm like everybody else. I start on this. Oh my god, I found 10 new songs, and I get like, I'm still hip. I'm still cool. I'm still doing the stuff. And then next thing you know, it's like, god damn it, how did Def Leppard get back in there again? (laughs) How did that happen again? I guess that's how Red Hot Chili Peppers always happens, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's exactly how that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about this Queen biopic. So, dude, we're getting a couple of good music movies soon. So we're getting that. We're getting the new Motley Crue movie. Should be coming out on Netflix, I think, in a year. I would think probably less, right? Gotta be soon. I would think, right? I mean, they already started, you know, I, I know they started, you know, getting those guys ready for their outfits and probably some, or, you know, early filming and the like. So that'll be pretty good. I am interested because I don't know. Like, most times when, like, a behind the music or something kind of comes out about right. a band... I already know all the stories. Heard them all. 
But I wasn't like a really hanging on the edge of my seat fan of Queen. So I'm going to like, I don't know anything about Freddie Mercury's early life is what I'm saying. Right. Like most times I watch that kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, I know what happened with Tom Petty. I know what Nikki Six has been through because I was a super fan. But like, I am very excited to kind of get like now, albeit a romanticized yes. movie version of their life. But I'm a little interested to get a little backstory on them. Yeah, I was going to say, it's always interesting to see like this, you know, hey, this is what this person came through to get to this point. It's never just like, all right, well, he had a normal life, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, everything was normal, and then he, you know, he became this, you know, ultra successful singer. No, normally there's some real struggle early on somewhere. You're trying to prove somebody wrong, and then. Or is that just what we're sold because that's what sells the story of like, well, of course I can't say that you were just like, you know, a normal kid growing up. I have to talk about how you overcame obstacles and adversity. I, okay. Now that's interesting because what you're touching on there is in the era I grew up in. It was perfectly acceptable, if not expected, for celebrities to fabricate who they were when they outside of their celebrity persona. And now you would be crucified for that. Like it was perfectly okay for you to just be a, a total fake and lie about where you came from, make up names, do all that stuff. And now I think people don't want it. I was gonna say I kind of wouldn't want that if you presented that to me as like, hey, this entire the, the, everything that I've I've sold to you, everything that I've said to you is a lie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, will, will I care enough to stop? listening to a record i like not necessarily but there would be a little bit of like like, what the hell dude well yeah when the curtain gets pulled back you know what i mean there's a little bit that's why again kiss was so vigilant in the 70s about not being photographed without their makeup they knew once it happens the mystique's gone and we're done yeah um i don't like this band but i think they play those kiss cards a lot is that ghost band and i don't necessarily care for those dudes but like they 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 ride that mystique heavy they do they're very much like no we are ghouls i always say that that ghost is goth for stark state chicks it's like it's 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 Okay, all right. It's goth 101. It's like, I'm afraid of goth, but uh, let me just get right up close to right. the front door I of like it. like wearing black. Just, I'll just, you know, right up to the velvet rope of goth, but not on the other side of it where it's scary. That's exactly that ghost band to me. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com, where you're, you can see the new trailer for the Queen biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody. Looks like it's going to be pretty damn good. I'm not the biggest Queen fan. Do respect that band. Um, but it looks like that's going to be really good. The dude who's uh, playing Freddie Mercury seems like he's doing a really good job. Uh, he did nail the look, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they definitely nailed that. I, uh, I talk about this a lot, where I feel like we live in like the gotcha era right now. Where everybody's just like on the lookout for like, I need to find, I let me be the one that un, uncovers like the, the unjust, right? And I just feel like we're all just got that camera in our pocket. We all, and we, so we can give out our opinion and we could record video and like, we can just, we can put everybody on blast, right? Like, and we love doing it now. And so much so that I think it just leads people down the path of, oh my God, I haven't found anything. Let me, let me just create problems out of thin air. And I think I found one of these, but I'm not sure. All right. Cause I think I'm a little guilty of just thinking everything's like that. And, and so I don't know if this is people overreacting or not, but I saw this yesterday and I only saw this because of something that happens with the social media site, Twitter, which by the way, at Stansbury shows how you follow me on Twitter. You can follow Fantone at Fantone, right? And there's something that happens with Twitter, and I don't know why they do it, and I don't know. Maybe it's one of these things I can turn off, and I'm just old and don't understand how to do it. But when you like something on Twitter, 
for some reason, it tells me that. Like, I don't care if some dude who follows me on Twitter likes some chick with a big ass and he's just out there liking thought pictures on Twitter. Why am I right. seeing it? Would you quit showing me that, dude? I, dude, I don't want to see what that dude's perving out to. What do I no. care? No, I do not. I don't see care, that. right? So I saw. So this got this happened because somebody liked it. All right, and there's a video that was making the rounds online, and I'm sure there's a hundred of these where this young woman is graduating from college. Okay. And her entire family's together, and everybody loves this moment, as you should. That is an accomplishment, and it should be celebrated, right? Mm -hmm. And so her boyfriend starts to give a speech, as a boyfriend would do at an event like that, right? And he starts talking about how they've been together a while, and he's proud of her, and he loves her, and like all this stuff, right? And then he starts going in about how long they've been dating. And he starts telling you they've been dating six years. So you know what's happening here now, right? Any minute, he's reaching in the pocket of his suit, and he's pulling out a ring, and he's going to ask this girl to marry him, right? Mm -hmm. And he does, okay? Now, that goes off without a hitch. She says yes. Family erupts. Everybody's happy. Feels like a magical moment. It would be, right? Right. I feel I am right. It's good stuff right there. Everybody loves it. Except for Twitter. Except for Twitter. Where Twitter now finds a problem with him asking this woman to marry him. And you know they're serious because after every word, they show you the hand clapping emoji in there. That way they know what you're about to hear is the truth. And it's this. And this sounds like whiny ass complaining to me. Stop proposing to women during celebrations of their accomplishments and dimming their lights. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is sad on a couple of levels. A, if you think being asked to be a life partner with somebody that you've been dating for the last six years, for the rest of your life, to go into a commitment that is marriage is dimming somebody's light, I feel a little hopeless for your generation. And if you're so desperate for attention, and if you're so desperate to to uncover the unjust that you have to create problems out of thin air, I worry for you. This is too far here, right? Yes. I mean, I think somebody's opinion there is, 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 you know, out of whack. To me, it's just like, at the end of the day, I vote, and I I saw this post the other day, and I I really agreed with it, that like, you're always going to be able to find your straw man in social media. At the end of the day, there will always be someone somewhere saying that thing where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that this person is saying this. I just hope that this doesn't be, this isn't construed as like, well, everyone feels this well, way, obviously. No, but my problem is, is that again, dude, social media is all about the analytics. We can see numbers. So I can see how many people retweet this. I can see how many people like it. And it's scary because I, people are starting to feel this way. How, how many people? I mean, dude, this was retweeted four and a half thousand times. So if we're talking about, I mean, in, in like, number one, I guess it's to me, it's like, well, how many of those people are retweeting that in an ironic fashion? How many people felt like, oh my God, you won't believe this. Like, look at this. You can't like, and, and, and at the end of the day, if 4,000 people are wrong about something to me, it's like, 
I, I, that that you yes, what she's saying is wrong. I am not debating that at all. What 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 to me it's just like, well, I don't care if you're well, wrong. No, no, no. I do though. Because dude, what we're doing right now is skipping over the larger issue, which the larger issue is here is that if you allow these things to fester, this is where people then start to tell you that men are holding women down. And I don't think asking a woman to be your life partner and marrying you because you graduated 10 minutes ago is holding you down. I agree, I agree with that. I, I, I do, you see I do what I'm saying? And my problem is, is that dude, these thoughts, if they go unchecked, if they go un, un, like balanced, then dude, the people believe this stuff. And then they start again. What do I always preach about this? The human being will always, and I know most of you can finish the sentence right now, will look to self-victimize. And this is what this is. Now, this woman had no problem with it. But sure enough, where no problems are had, Twitter shall create it for you. It is what I have always said it is. It is a breeding ground of the bored and underworked in their cubicles with nothing to do. And so we're going to create problems for other people because your boss doesn't trust you with enough tasks because you're barely competent to do what you're already doing. That's where 90% of this stuff comes from. And that's why it makes me so crazy. You're shot at $1,000 at 710 on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock. 106.9. Uck 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We also have $1,000 to pass out. We'll do that momentarily. I would imagine a lot of you listening are uh, raising children. A lot of people have the kids. It's a popular thing to do. A lot of you are terrible at it, too. Oh, my God. A lot of you are, dude. Look at all these kids running around. All we do is complain about kids, start complaining about the parents. I, okay, all right. I mean, right? I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, geez. Welcome to Wednesday morning. Thanks for turning aside. You suck at the only job that really matters. You're terrible at it. All right. Now, you might be, though, if, mm-hmm. if you got this going on, where I would imagine some of you were worried about whether or not your child, son or daughter, is addicted to playing video games. Okay. Now, some parents will just flat out tell you, yeah, that thing's basically my kid's babysitter, man. We just turn the Xbox on, turn the PlayStation on, and they're good to go. Right. Right? Right. Now, you do have to be worried about addiction issues, and I say this all the time. I think this country needs an ad- like an addiction awakening. Okay. And I think what, what needs to happen is you need to understand that it is not, addiction is not limited to methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, or alcohol. But we have this mentality that only those things are truly addictive. And if you claim to be addicted to anything else, that you are weak. Which is crazy because once upon a time, it was considered to be you were weak if you were addicted to these things. Yeah, I was going to say, I think th- I think both those things still exist. Still exist. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Addiction on any level is viewed as weakness, but certainly to things that aren't necessarily drugs. Yeah. Um, I, I, interesting to just to that. That's where you are on that. Is that like, yes, this is an addiction considering some of your other thoughts on addiction. I don't know if I would... <laughs> I would admit that you could become addicted to anything, but I think the severity of being addicted to heroin is obviously worse than the yeah. severity of being addicted to Call of Duty. Yeah, and 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 I think there's still truths and other things that you've said about like there's still personal responsibility in addiction of all sorts, whether it's, it's pornography, video games, drugs, whatever. There's still personal responsibility. I there. view addiction the way a lot of people view how we all got here, which is that that intelligent design and evolution coexisted 
and we're okay. and we're together. And okay. that's kind of how I view addiction. Okay. Where it's yes, I can see how the medical community got to claiming it to be a disease. I can see how we got there. Yet you still have to own. 60% of this street. Yeah, I mean, and I think when it comes to the diseases, it's like, yeah, you have cancer, but you have to go to the doctor. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, okay. All right. So this video game addiction, they claim is real, okay? Now, they say on average, a kid's playing about 18 hours of video games a week. Jeez. So for a refresher course, for those of you that aren't ready to do the math in your car right now, 186, or I'm sorry, 168 hours in a week, and about 18 of them, your kids playing video games. Now, I'm doing math in my head, which I, admittingly, I'm not great at. Two and a half hours a day. I was going to say, just under three hours a day, right? About two and a half, three hours a day there. Man, three sounds like a lot. Now, I have admitted many times on this program that I have done 8, 9, 10, 12 hours of Call of Duty, okay? Wow. And there were times when that was true. When I was, dude, when I first left MMS, things were dark. Things were bad. It was three packs of cigarettes a day, dude, multiple fast food windows, (laughs) Call of Duty. I don't want to see the world. I'm not talking to anybody on the phone. Dude, your boy was in deep, deep depression. And I, like, that stuff kind of got me through that. Like, where I was just like, this is all I can handle. I don't want to face anybody. I don't want to face the failure that I feel like right now. And I kind of went down the video game rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But I no longer, and again, I think it's just my age, I don't have the tolerance for that anymore. I still, like, dude, I have a Nintendo Switch. I love that thing. I have the new Donkey Kong game for it. Bought it last Tuesday. Love it. But I can only put about 40 minutes into that stuff now, and I'm like, all right, I got to do something else. What the hell's going on with me, right? So they're starting to say, this is how you should set up these guidelines for your kids playing these games. They say no more than 40 minutes of gaming a night on school nights and only after your homework and chores are finished. Now, I like that. My parents were a little bit bad about this. As long as your homework gets done, eh, we don't care when you do it. No, 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 no. If, if I could go back and smack them around and be like, no, 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 sit me down, make me do it. And again, I always say this, Jocko Willenick is this guy's name. Discipline creates freedom, meaning do what you have to do, then you can do what you want. Discipline creates freedom. I love that. No more than an hour a day on weekends, they're saying, for video game playing. Now, that's where I would be a little less strict. You, much like the weekends for y- your, your school-aged kid is much like they are for you for work. It's like y- you did this thing all week, and now you should get to relax a little. If your kids want to like kind of veg out, what's the difference between you, you know, binge-watching the, the orange house whores of, you know, wherever, or, or them playing Call of Duty? I don't get it. I would assume that the people that wrote this article would be like, yo, you should only watch TV for okay, an hour. Fair you point, know what fair I'm point. saying? We're not like, talking about them right now. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm sure that's probably a part of it, too, is that, like, yeah, I, I understand you need a break from your kids. You need a break from your job. Your kids need a break from you. They need a break from school. But at the end of the day, like... Somewhere there's a line, right? You shouldn't just let your kids play eight hours on on the weekend. So somewhere along there, there's going to have to be like, dude, we got to go do something. We got to go to the park. And like much like a lot of other things, I can't imagine it's going to be a hard, fast rule because it's going to be different kid for kid, right? Right, right, right. right. So no more than 40 minutes of gaming a night on school nights, only after the homework is done. No more than an hour a day on weekends. These are just recommendations. And they say no games where the object is to kill people. Now, they also say, look, not all video gaming is bad. Some studies will indicate... 
that games that involve logic and puzzle solving will boost your brain in action and role and uh, like boost your brain and your abilities and like that kind of thing. They say role playing games do not. So like the Zeldas of the world and like the Skyrims of the world, like that kind of stuff, it does not boost your brain function. But puzzle games will, and I don't think that's to be surprised. That's what people have always said about you know standard you know uh, puzzles. I think I think all video games, whether you're playing sports games, shoot 'em up games, Zelda games, puzzle games, whatever. I think there's some level of like your hand-eye coordination and problem solving, and I think there's I think there can be benefit to them, and certainly like the concept of you being more familiar and comfortable with technology. That's an important thing as we move forward in the economy and, and, and how you look at like your kids, what they're going to be doing in the future. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I I'm I, with you and, and watch. I'm going to freak people out right here, right? Even video game people. I'm going to freak out right here. You know what video games are? You know what vi- video games like Zelda, like Tomb Raider, like, you know what those games are like? You know what those games are? They're common core math. That's what they are. You know what the objective is. It's figuring out how to get there in different ways. What do they want me to do? Where do they want me to look? You're figuring out the thing. Okay. You already know the okay. answer's 14. You know the answer's 14. You're trying to get, show me a different way to get there. Show the work, okay. That's all video games are, is common core math with, with cool-looking characters. People. Heads are exploding. Right. Heads are exploding right now. Heads are exploding. And here's the other thing that would be tough for a parent right now, right? We now have college courses opening up for video game playing. There's professional leagues now, so good luck getting your kids off this stuff now. This is like skateboards in the 80s. But, Mom, I'm going to be Tony Hawk. Mm. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Like, five of you are going to be Tony Hawk. Notice, dude, I had to say Tony Hawk. It's the only skateboarder that's been famous ever. (laughs) That's it. Like, there's only going to be a handful of this stuff. But if you're a parent right now, imagine getting your kid to shut off the PlayStation. No, Mom, I'm going pro. Yeah, I would obviously like to know, like, parents out there who are listening, how 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 long are these kids playing video games? Because I'm sure there's some of them who are like 18 hours. Pff, that's nothing. My kid will put 18 hours in in a day. You know, like, I'd love to know what these numbers are. I think, I think it's very common in today's America for parents to come home a- after work at, what, 630, 645, right. heat dinner up in the microwave, let those kids eat, and then the kids go to the bedroom, and parents have no idea what they're doing. Right. Anymore. They got no clue. What did you do all day from school until now? You're in the house. I, w- I was at work all summer long. I don't know what you were doing during that time. You said you were mowing the grass. You didn't mow the grass. You're in the house. You're safe. You're alive. Job over. Here's the orange house whores of wherever. You know what I mean? It's right. exa- That's exactly what happens. It would be... It, this would be a hard time to be a parent. Now, what I'm going to say about that is I know some parents are probably like, well, I'm just going to tell them they can't play any video games, can't nah. have any TVs, because that's wrong, too. You're only going to make them want it. You're, you're only going to make them want it, you, and they're not going to understand, like I said, like technology is a part of the future, and they need to they need to be comfortable and familiar with that and have like things to talk to their friends about, but like you can't let your kid play nine hours of video games a day either. I don't no, know where it is. No, it's balanced. My, par- my parents wouldn't let me listen to rock records when I was a kid, and now I work at rock stations. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be careful. You gotta watch how you're doing this stuff with your kids. You're sending messages that are being perceived by them that you don't even realize. You're shot at $1,000 every single hour on the program. Your next one's right now. 6 9.
Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Ron Rock 106.9. And at 745, you're going to get hooked up with Modest Mouse tickets as they're coming to the Akron Civic Theater September the 29th. We'll get you into the Modest Mouse Show. Should okay. be a good one. They sold out the Agora just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Modest Mouse, definitely one of those bands. Um, were never my favorite, but one of my buddies loved them. And it was like, all right, man, if I'm going to smoke weed in your car, I guess we got to listen to Modest Mouse then. Um, so I'm, I'd, I'd go see that show for sure. Not my favorite band. I recognize how good they are. Mm-hmm. And I had an ex-girlfriend who loved them. And mm-hmm. so like every time we would bang, she liked to listen to Modest Mouse while she sucks down. And so like I've got some good Modest Mouse memories. Stansbury just masturbating listening to Modest Mouse. Dude, I don't do that. No, I'm not. But I, if I'm being honest, I would like to hit that again. I really, really would. I'm excited right now, and I couldn't wait for this morning's program because this never happens. Like this, legitimately, never happens. Like, well, it only happened with like the greatest star of the sports ever seen. But my sport, golf, has given us an off the field story that is awesome. Okay. And it's awesome because it's terrible, and a family's falling apart. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. What, what did what did Tiger do now? No, What's the story. That's just it. Tiger didn't do it. Okay. This is a guy that most of you, even golf fans, don't care about. Now he did win a U.S. Open, but Lucas Glover is, for all intents and purposes, on of the golf tour. He's just a guy, a jack, okay. just a guy, right? Nothing special. Even for golf fans like me, we don't really care about Lucas Glover. He's just a guy. But he has won a U.S. Open. He has the game. He can do all that stuff. And I didn't even know he was married to this woman. So that, you know, just goes to show you. But apparently after the Masters, um, is no, I'm sorry, this was the Players' Championship just this last weekend in Florida, sorry, where he did not play well. And um, he had been grouped, I believe, either with Tiger or in the group behind Tiger. So he was on TV quite a bit. They were showing Lucas Glover quite a bit, right? And he shot 78. For those of you at home that don't know, par is 72, which makes Lucas Glover six over on the day. That's bad for a pro, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Those guys are trying to normally go out and shoot five under a day. If you came in and said, yo, bro, I'm six over on an 18, and be like, all right, that's an okay day, right? No? Dude, if I shoot six over... Honestly, on 18 holes, I'm taking the week off of work to it's, celebrate. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude, your boy, dude, okay. dude if right. I shoot, honestly, do you break 80? It's that's uh, that's what every average weekend golfer is trying to do is okay. break 80. Okay. Right now, most of them they say if you count every single stroke and you count your card, honestly, most weekend golfers never break 100, and they're absolutely right. So breaking 80 would be something, right? Okay. So he doesn't play, but again, you're a pro, so it's a different yardstick. So he comes home, she's pissed, starts calling him a loser. Called him a pussy. And then, dude, apparently... Dude, apparently started to hit him. Like, she gets... And apparently, this is a thing. Where, like, like if he doesn't play well, he comes home, and he gets Lionel Richie'd. Now, see, here's... Now, again, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. But if this were happening the other way... We couldn't even like laugh while we were delivering no, the line. No. It would not be acceptable. Just because it goes to show you, stuff happens to guys. It's just kind of funny. But she did kind of freak out, and this was in front of their kids and his mother. Apparently, his mother tried to intervene. Krista then beats her up. Jeez. 
smacks her. Dude, Fantone was telling me, you read a quote this morning, she was threatening to shoot cops in the face. Yeah, she was getting arrested, and as uh, as they were putting her in the car, like the troopers were talking about how, number one, she was resisting going into the car after she was already handcuffed. Not good. Trying to like straighten her back like an infant, like so that you can't hold them. Um, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching she, you. Uh, she, she, she told them, like, yo, you're going to get fired for this. Wait till the judge hears about this. You're all going to have all your jobs, and then told them, like, this is why cops get shot in the face and like who like i get like i understand things can get out of hand in a relationship you know what i'm saying like not that it makes an excuse not that it's okay or anything like that but like that okay but then you're gonna throw the car well this is why cops get shot in the face card at cops like come on she had to be drunk and stoned right like something um, I would assume that yes, that yes, substance abuse is probably playing a part like, of this. And again, this is how this will happen. Now, I don't know. This is purely speculation on my part. But imagine being a pro golfer's wife. You're rich, like you're like loaded, but yeah. nobody knows. Yeah. Like so, but yet you go. So no, nobody knows you week in and week out. But all of a sudden on Saturday and Sunday, when you're in the VIP tent, you are kind of somebody, right? Yeah. And only in that group, what you have enough money to where you can just be loaded up on Vicodin and and, and wine all day, and it's acceptable because your husband's a professional athlete and you're not a celebrity. If your husband's a professional golfer at a local golf course, you're probably doing that already. Yes. So I'm not necessarily for sure. Um, to me. You're explaining what should be like the ideal life for like a trophy wife in the sense of, yes, you're going to have millions of dollars. There's going to be a level of prestige that surrounds you. But at the same time, you can still be a normal person. You can still live your life because nobody knows who. What is this dude's name? Lucas, Lucas, who? Lucas, Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover. Nobody knows who that dude is. So you're getting the best of both worlds, in my opinion, right there. Um, but to to assume that this wasn't uh, alcohol or drug, uh, I'm it's sure, crazy. I'm sure, number one, a vast majority of domestic situations. Situations have some sort of you know you know intoxicant involved there, um, but certainly I would say when it comes to women beating men, I would say drugs and drinking definitely have something to do with that. Dude, their daughter turned five on Monday. Oh, uh, doing that in front of them. Yeah. Ugh. Now, <clears throat> now again, he's won three PGA Tour victories, including the 2009 U.S. Open. Oh my God, at Bethpage. That's dude. That is a test. I think that I wow. think the fact that this guy's a professional athlete, number one, obviously that comes with a level of what we view as like, well, of course you're a confident person because you're competent nope. and you're, you're you're a master at nope. this and like but at the end of the day, all this dude is is really good at golf. You don't know what's going on with him as a person and the relationships that he's gotten himself into. And like to me, it's just like well, how could you let that happen with your wife? But you just don't know who these people are. I, it's, it's, for me, it's it's there's a whole other angle here because I'm a fan of the sport, and this is I can't decide. I'm flipping coins. Been flipping coins since I read about this yesterday. What's better? Is it better that golf has a little bit of drama in it right now, and, and are people going to start to pay attention? Like, oh, maybe the, maybe there's more to these guys. Um, golf has always been really staunch and really, um, you know, old world doesn't really want to get into that happy Gilmore mentality. But um, are you losing grip? 
Do you maybe need to do a little bit, or, or do you need to maybe be a little happy about the fact that stuff like this breaks to, to garner some attention, or does it go the complete opposite way where most people in America don't view these guys to be athletes and be kind of sissies as it is, and now you find out they get beat up by their wives? Like, is that going to just be like, dude, this is why I don't watch this sport. These guys aren't even men. I, 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 I think more than anything, it's one of those situations where golf definitely doesn't want domestic violence that stank on you at the end of the day, that's not a good thing. It would be worse if it were to be found yes. out Lucas Glover was beating up his wife, though. Or, or yes, or if, you know, whoever the female golfers are of the day, if their husbands were beating them up, yes. because they, of course yes. that would be, I mean, that would that would be worse. Whatever you do, don't put your hands on Paula Kramer. She's but so hot. The thing, that, the thing that I would say is probably that has to happen here is golf probably has to look at itself, and, and you saw it with the Masters this year, where it's like, are we losing grip of what made us unique, what made us special, what made us golf? We can try to do this like broad umbrella where hey everyone's welcome here or we can get back to like no this is a game of integrity this is a game with standards this is a game where 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 your demeanor matters and like i don't know what the i don't know what the better bet for the, the, for the sport is there the problem there is that the risk is too high the risk is we're going to go so far against the grain of, of, of trying to do anything to garner attention that, dude, the only two things happen there. You either skyrocket to be the biggest thing in the world or you go all the way away. And I just think it's too much of a gamble. It's too much of a gamble for the sport. They can't really dig their heels in like that because people don't like it enough. I think the third option there is they stay where they are, and if they don't lose ground, to me, if I'm golf, that's a win for me. It's like, well, dude, at least we're not we're not we're not you know bleeding out at this point. Um, at the end of the day, man, can you imagine your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, was beating you based on the performance of this show? Like where she was like, all right, Stansberry, get home. I listen. I got the podcast on right now. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. <laughs> Need no these good. eyes open. It's I can't bad. see. Cut me, Mick. More Stansberry Show and those modest mouse tickets right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online for you at WRQK.com. I do this a lot anytime there is a, uh, a sports loss. I feel like I have to sit people down and explain to them. The national broadcast team is not against you, you whiny baby. Listen to me. LeBron last night went 42, 10, and 12. 42, 10, and 12. Pretty good. It's all right. And the game wasn't close. If they are knocking the Cavaliers' performance during a game where that is true, they deserved it. Nobody is against you. You want the national broadcast team to talk well about you? Win! You think if you were blowing the Celtics out by 25, they were going to talk to you about how great the Celtics team is? No. What they would maybe say is, man, look how this is this is the greatness of LeBron James, that you could take a roster this well, coached by a guy as good as Brad Stevens, and do this to them. That's what they would say. This goes back to my theory of Northeast Ohio sports fans are the biggest snowflakes out of any Ever. of us. Not liberals, Ever. it's not Republicans, it's not, it's not, it's it's nothing to do with politics. It is us. It is 100% on us, dude. Um, the second something in the national media doesn't go our way, the exact way that, the that haters. The, you know, haters, haters, they're a bunch of haters. Now, at the end of the day, are there people that are haters because that's what they get paid to do? Yes, but this goes back to my theory of like, guys, 
You, you, dude, for, for decades, for decades, okay. ESPN ran highlight after highlight after highlight of the Browns, Cavs, Indians blowing it. You should be cut out of stone, dude. You should be hardened to the world. But as soon as somebody says something negative, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm melting down right now. Get, get tough, people. Jeff Van Gundy hates us. He's just, a, here, I'll, I'll give you an example of a sports hater. Mark May is a sports hater. Yeah. Just flat out not willing to admit that the Buckeyes and Urban Meyer are good is hater. Being a broadcaster who has to call the game that is right in front of you, and that's what people want you talking about, not you know after or halftime, you know what I mean, telling you about all the games like Mark May. You're calling the game that's on in front of you. What else are you going to do when the Cavaliers are so abysmal? That LeBron goes 42, 10, and 12, and you can't even get close. What do you think they're going to say? And it's one thing if you're pointing at one commentator and saying, like, hater. Like, Skip Bayless is a LeBron hater. That's true. Christine Leahy is a LeBron hater. Mark May is an Ohio State hater. That is true. But when you point at everyone and say, oh, they're a hater. So it's like, all right, Jeff Van Gundy, he's a hater. Joe Uh, Buck. Joe Buck, he's a hater. Hubie Brown, he's a hater. And it's like, guys, at some point or another, the common denominator here is you. You're a sissy. Nobody's against you. You know what those broadcasters are hoping for? A good game. That's all they want. But when it's lopsided, and the NBA is going to be lopsided right now, the three-point revolution, that whole thing, it's kind of, dude, it's, it, it's, it's skewing games, right? So when, you, when they don't have a competitive game, what are they going to do? Because here's what the rest of the country says if they try to bail out the Cavs is, jeez, are your guys' eyeballs not even open to what you're watching that's going on 10 feet in front of you that you can't recognize that the Cavs are laying a complete turd out on the floor right now? The rest of the country would be like, guys, you're not paying attention to what's happening right in front of your face. It's one thing if you think that guys suck. I think Joe Buck sucks. I don't think he's a good announcer. That's got nothing to do with does Joe Buck hate the Indians. No. There's 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 people who are like, oh, I hate Jeff Van Gundy. I love Jeff Van Gundy. I Me think too. He's, I think he's entertaining. I think he's fun to listen to. I Me think too. He's, I think he knows what he's talking about. Um, sometimes he'll get off, 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 off message, or you know, he'll go a little crazy. But that's well, what's good about him, right? Like, that, I mean, I got my hand raised. Yeah. Dude, your boy kind of has that. Yeah, that's 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 what that's what I like about the guy. So like the fact that it wasn't a a, a Cavaliers, you know, oral sex session last night. It makes sense why it didn't, dude. There wasn't anything there for it. Let me tell you how hater works because this is the word that just gets vomited up in timelines now because people just don't have anything better. To do. Here's how hater works. You're up 30 on a team. LeBron's the second best player maybe ever, and you just don't admit you're good. Like, that's hater. When you were just telling people what is happening, which is the Cavs getting their pants pulled down and spanked for the second game in a row, just telling people what's happening isn't being a hater. It's reporting what's happening in front of you. Nobody is against you, you big, crying, snowflake sissy. I have never seen people more soft in my life than sports fans. You're the softest people alive. And even though all you ever want your athletes to be is the man, be clutch, be tough, take one for the team. Meanwhile, you're on the couch crying over (laughs) Jeff Jeff Van Gogh. Gundy, you sissy. You are a crybaby. Your shot at $1,000 is next. However, let's pass out these Modest Mouse tickets because I told you I would and I don't want to be a liar. Good job. All right. They're playing September 29th, Akron Civic Theater. Let's get you hooked up. We'll take caller number 25 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. $1,000. More Stansberry Show next. Hang on.
Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. About to pass out $1,000 here momentarily. A lot, a lot on the program. We'll give you numbers. 94% this. 68% of Americans think this. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, I hear numbers and I'm like, there's no way that's true. Yeah, 73% of statistics are made up. Yeah, you always say that. I know. But I have a number here that I bet is pretty close to being on the number. It might even be low. Okay. And that's going to sound crazy when I tell you that 94% of a group of people is doing something. Okay. Now that sounds like a lot. That's almost that's almost all of them. But I think it's totally possible. I think the number at 94 could be even a little bit low. And I think there's something about this field and what it takes to do it that draws these kind of people into it that, of course, they're the kind of people willing to do this. And this is 94% of school teachers take money out of their personal pockets to buy supplies for lesson plans or for things for the students for a better learning environment for your kid. 94% of school teachers are spending personal money. Now, consider how little school teachers make, and it's like, jeez, Wasn't it the other day, and I didn't read the facts of this story, so I'll apologize if this ended up getting debunked or whatever, but didn't a teacher just the other day, there was like something went viral where they posted, I I don't know if it was a man or a woman whatever, but like posted like a pay stub or whatever, and it was like $56 a day it ended up being or something that a teacher makes, which is crazy. Now, my story's a little bit different. I have an educator in my family. My brother's wife is an educator. Now, she had been a school teacher. She is now in administration. She is a provost at a private university. She also teaches um, college courses at UNLV. She does very, very well. She's also considered to be a nation's leader in alternative education. She routinely does like guest speaking at college universities. She's like a nation's leader in something. So she's paid accordingly. And honestly, paid really, really, really well. She also works in a prestigious school in Las Vegas. But like... Most school teachers are paid nothing. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing. There's plenty of situations where you can point at educators like like my brother is a um he's the like the athletic uh, director for for Twinsburg and he makes a good amount of money and he but he had to leave teaching. You know what I'm saying? Like that was the whole thing. And your That's sister, not teaching. Your right. sister had to leave teaching right. to make more had money. To move up. Right. So 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 at the end of the day, yes, there are going to be those jobs. And if a, and if an educator is like, you know what, this isn't enough money. I got more ambition for my life. I want to hustle harder I want to move forward fine you can do that but there's still going to be people who are in those educating roles who are who are the teachers in that classroom and they got to make something no my sister-in-law is the outlier like that is not they the way that is something. that is not the track where the, the, that teaching the kids normally takes you right so let's give you some more numbers to to, to digest in the 2014-2015 school year this is without reimbursement the average amount spent was $479, which doesn't sound like I'm a lot of money over a school year. You got to remember, teachers don't get paid all summer. At least a lot of them don't. Um, I know there might be some school districts that pay te- their teachers differently. I know a lot of them don't. But your salary is your salary. Right. Whether it's over 12 months or nine months, it's, that's, that's you, you know. 44% of teachers spent about $250 or less, while 36% has spent about $250 to $500. Now... I want you to think about it this way. Imagine taking $500 out of your personal 
like checking account today to get your job done because you care about how much you care that much about what it is you're doing. And not only that, you care that much about another human being that you're doing it for teachers. This is why I buy this number. There's something inherent about, about the position itself that will draw giving nurturing people to it. So I believe this. And again, I'm sure Fantone's got this story with his brother. My sister-in-law used to spend hundreds of dollars on lessons plans. She was constantly going and buying stuff. And I'd be like, Rock, Roxanne's her name. We call her Rock. Why are you doing this? Like, why? She's like, Dan, these are my kids. Like, it's my job. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, you're a good person. <laughs> like, that's yeah, why. Like, yeah. that, that's why. Well, and I think oftentimes it's probably like... I can either, you know, come off of the $55 I need to buy supplies for this, or I can cut the kids short on this. And I think most teachers are probably like, well, what's 55 bucks to me? Which, truthfully, I guess, though, that, like, it's not exclusive to teachers where you have to buy things for work. I'm sure that if these these teachers file their taxes correctly, they can get money back. You know what I mean? I'll tell you who's screaming at their car radio right now over this is mechanics. Right. Because a mechanic, you do, you do like that snap on truck rolls into where, where you're turning wrenches. Dude, that's thousands of dollars every time. You know what I mean? You're just constantly buying stuff for your career. So this, this is not just a teacher problem. I, I will full on admit the reason why I want to harp on this is this. I don't understand this issue in America. We will fawn over. Quick service restaurant workers who need to make $15 an hour. Yet we had two states full of teachers walking out of classrooms, holding rallies, dude, like because they're not being paid enough money, and you don't bat an eye at it. North Carolina, the fourth state to join those teachers today, actually, they're having a, uh, a teacher, right? a teacher I didn't know uh, across the state of North Carolina. Teachers aren't going into school. They're holding protests. They're doing stuff like that. That is crazy. I don't understand why you will defend the person putting a fish sandwich in a bag and handing it to you. Not that they shouldn't get a raise. I'm not saying that. But dude, do you understand that education is the silver bullet? Do you understand that 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 it's not just platitudes to say the children are our future? That legitimately, dude, if you don't take care of education, we are going to get destroyed. Without getting into like the the nuance, I guess, of the $15 an hour hour an argument. I think what some people are, are going to say is well like, well, if you raise the bottom, that lifts all boats. Rise of tides lifts all boats. That may there. be true. But 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 as far as like teachers specifically go and like well mechanics have to spend their own money I guess the difference to me is that these are public servants at the end of the day these are public employees who are doing a public service for us there's a difference to me there and I don't know why it's like "Ah, I don't know because like you have to buy stuff for work I had to go buy these headphones for work it's not like iHeartMedia was like yo dude here's an unlimited headphone budget here and I gotta go buy this I can't necessarily do my job without it but I still had to go do it right yeah but you get the return that's where I think it's different for teachers because do your kid is the one getting the return. You get a return on buying those headphones. You know what I mean? Now, teachers stay employed because you're a good teacher. So technically you can make everything go back to, well, yeah, but like you can. And yes, you and I have to come out of pocket occasionally. There are things I have to buy. There are things I'll do. Right. And it's par for the course, but I just think in a nation full of people, and I want you to hear me properly because I think, dude, I get attacked on this issue a lot sometimes because I think people misconstrue what I think. If you are listening right now, you deserve to make more money than you're making today. That I'm excluding nobody. 
the the American worker is severely underpaid. My hand is all the way raised. You can pick up my tone over the last few weeks about how I feel about this issue for me personally with where I work, right? We're all underpaid. Everybody is. But this job, a school teacher is more important to this country than what I do. You could lose me tomorrow, and it really doesn't matter. Some other idiot's going to play your Red Hot Chili Peppers, or nobody's going to be in here, and they're just going to play Red Hot Chili Peppers. My job doesn't matter. I'm I'm an insignificant thing. Just a thing in the way. Now, I benefit your life a little bit. We take your mind off of some things, maybe open your mind to some other. But ultimately, at the end of the day, my job doesn't matter. A teacher's job legitimately matters. That is molding the the future generation of this country and the world, ultimately, if we want to remain being a world's leader in, I don't know what we're a world's leader in anymore. (laughs) Maybe we want to get there. I I don't think, honestly, what what we're a world's leader in is thinking we're a world's leader. Say we're we're number one, baby. We're number one, goddammit. Listen to this. A teacher, this is averages now, with a bachelor's degree and 18 years of experience. This is one teacher's story. A bachelor's degree, 18 years of experience, is making $42,000 a year. That is too low. That is too low. We got the Eastern Conference Finals going on, and your Cavaliers are 0-2. Now, I don't want to demonize athletes, because really it's you and I or who to blame. Our priorities have been out of whack in this country for 200 years. Again, much like my job, LeBron's job doesn't matter. Al Horford's job doesn't matter. But we're going to argue about whether or not these guys are $110 million max players or not. And we got teachers taking out money out of their own pocket to make sure your kid can learn to read. And you, I, here's the thing that's crazy. You know who the Cavs' third shooting guard is. Who's your kid's history teacher? Do you know? Some of you don't know. Some of you don't know the names of all of your kid's teachers, which is honestly a little shameful. Now, I'm not looking to like knock you down, okay? But this is, but it is part of the problem. It is part of the reason how we get here. You just, we put kids on buses, we send them to school, and we just assume they're being taught everything they need to know for the world. And it's like magic. How did it happen? How did it get here? It's like restaurant food. Oh my God, all I had to do was say something, and here it is. You have no idea what's going on. We need, do teachers, I, I've said it for a, a thousand times, if you raise the amount of money that we pay these people, then we can raise the standard of who's in there doing it. I believe a teacher salary should start at $100,000 a year. Now, I don't know where we get the money. I'll admit, full on, I don't know where we get the money. I have no idea, and it's probably not economical to do it that way, and it probably drives the deficit, and this and all this other stuff people are going to fake-ass argue about because nobody really knows what the hell you're talking about anyway. But a teacher salary, in my opinion, needs to start at $100,000, and if we don't fix this, and I mean now, we are headed for serious, serious problems. We'll actually get you hooked up with a little bit of money right now. Here's your shot at $1,000. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ratio on 106.9. We'll have another $1,000 for you coming up 9-10 this morning. Dude, the dating world's really tough right now. It's just tough, dude. It's I, I think there's something with all these social sites and Tinder and all this stuff that is just kind of ruining the way things go down. And it's supposed to make it easier. I think it's making it harder. And there's just a lot of things going on. And you just... I think more and more people are getting divorced these days, so people are, are entering into the dating world jaded and kind of already guard up, and it's just kind of, 
And people are making mistakes. And I think ultimately that all forms of, of technology are reducing our ability to interact with another human being without being like awkward. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's just making more awkward interactions happen, I think. And I read an article uh, uh, from Reddit, really, it, it, it is, is where I found this, where women and you could do this with men, too, where women were kind of like tossing out like red flags that they saw while while in early stages of dating a guy. Um, it's crazy how many times we see red flags and decide to walk past them where it's like, oh, that one got thrown. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Oh, that one got thrown. Eh, it's not that big of a deal. And eventually you look back and it's like, dude, it looks like a bloody trail behind me. But like they're there. We just choose to ignore them. Exactly right. It's sometimes your desire either for intimacy or physical intimacy will will outweigh your logic and reasoning of I shouldn't really right. entertain myself with this person. Right. So I'll just give you a few of them here and, you know, we'll discuss. Mm -hmm. uh, one says acting like you need their permission to do things. Yeah, I, I, I don't get this. I don't get controlling men. I don't understand why you would want to try to control a woman at the end of the day. I don't want a woman who could be controlled. I would have a hard time respecting a woman who could be controlled. I like independent, dominant, I'm going to take charge, kick ass kind of women. That's just what I like. I think especially in the beginning, too. Uh, no, I, there's there's a line in the sand somewhere along the lines when you guys become partners, and it's like, well, no, I'm not telling you what you can do with your life, but at the same time, you can't go spend $5,000 of our money and like expect me not to be upset about Different that. Different thing. Though. You know what I mean? Different like, thing, I, though, yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think early on, in particular, you, you should 100% embrace the fact that they're their own individual living their own life there. Again, these are red flags women uh, picked up on dating men in their early stages. They're refusing to let you keep friends of the opposite sex, especially if it's a lifelong friend that you have had before uh, that you even met the guy. Yeah, again, this is, guys, I'm telling you right now, if you are intimidated about the fact that your wife or girlfriend has male friends, I think it lends itself to you having old world thinking, caveman thinking that it is impossible for a man and a woman to be platonic friends. Now, here's what I will say, having just said that, is that it is difficult. My friend Jessica and I always say we understand why people didn't believe us about the fact that we've never hooked up, that we've ne that we don't have a desire to like because it because of how rare that is. Because honestly, a lot of the times people are friends masquerading, waiting for a moment to get in there. So I understand you being hesitant, but you need to leave space for the fact that your wife and or girlfriend can have male friends without it being about sex. Yeah, you can. At the same time, you gotta be a little bit cautious. But there's a difference between caution and like, all right, I'm gonna keep my eye on this versus I'm going to lose my mind over this. Um, you know, wanting to go through your phone, but not willing to let you go through theirs again. Why would you even enter into the, let me look into your phone yeah. angle, unless you were willing to go the other way streets go two ways. Why are you going into each other's phones at this point? I, at this point, I will give my girlfriend, my phone with zero concern, but sh she's never made that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never been like, Hey, let me see your phone. Because once you say that, I know you don't trust me. Well, like, not only that, that's what it is. More importantly than that, I think is, is the, once you want to see the phone you know what's in there so why do you have to see what it is before you make up your mind if you're that curious to look something's in there and i think if you're saying this to her like oh i want to go through your phone you've already gone through her phone yeah you have she was in the shower you grabbed it yeah you did here's a big red flag saying i love you too early yeah i did it i did it it happened once so and All and right. i and i got forced into it uh i was doing afternoons at another rock station once upon a time and I had been seeing this woman who lived in Akron, as a matter of fact. And uh, I was swept up pretty early, captivated. 
real early. Like she got me early. And in any relationship, one person likes the other one more, right? Right. And it was obvious from the beginning. I liked her more than she liked me. And it started to get a little obvious um, with, through conversations I was having with friends in the building and before the show and things like that. And next thing I know, we're on the air. And I had no idea that this is where the conversation was going to go. And then I just got outed. We started talking about relationships. And he just said to me, he was like, it's okay. He's like, you're ready. Just admit to the audience you love her. Just say you love her. And I did. And what happened was, is a guy who worked with her hit her up and was like, hey, I know you're having a bad day, but don't worry. Your boyfriend just told the entire city he loves you. And I was like, and so then I had to go home to that conversation after the show that day. And looking back on it now, she kind of went through the motions of telling me that and didn't want to do it. Of course. And didn't want to do it. I mean, like to do it in such a public fashion. And dude, I'm sorry. End of the day, that was a dick move by your boy right there, dude. That was a dick move. Yeah, he didn't view anything as that. He viewed every. <laughs> he didn't. He he really didn't. He viewed everything as it all goes. It all goes on the show, and I kind of run my life that way, and I'm perfectly okay with that too. So he think he knew he could do that, and and ultimately I am okay with it. I don't really like to hide much. I I am very much like ah, let's just get it out in the open. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. But that was a uh, that was a hard time. I would agree. Telling somebody you love them too early is a red flag. And he put. But that's the thing is like you didn't just offer this yourself. Like, hey, this is how I feel. He he goaded you into yeah, it. That's did. the dick move, yeah. dude. That's the problem. Yeah, he 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 did kind of. He loved doing that. All right. They also say red flags. Never date anybody who cannot summon up the decency to be polite to a server. And yes, I see this all the time. Dude, if you take your day out on the guy or the woman taking money at the gas station or your server at the Olive Garden, you're a dick. You just are. You're a dick. Yeah, and I don't know where that line is for some people where it's like, well, if you're bringing me food, I'm allowed to be an a-hole to you. If you're, if you're, you know, on the other end of a financial, you know, transaction, I'm allowed to be a dick to you. I don't know why some jobs it's like, eh, who cares what they think? But if you're going to be that person, obviously you're a terrible person. A woman says here, one of my biggest red flags is when a man tries to psychoanalyze you on the first couple of dates. Like if they say to you, let me guess, you're one of those girls who, again, anytime you say somebody to somebody, let me guess, you're about to say something that is like, you do all of these things and secretly, not so secretly, I hate all this stuff. I don't approve. I don't approve of this. Anytime you say that. Let, let me guess, you're about to say, you do all of this, and I think it's all dumb. Yeah, and I was going to say, you're trying to give her an air of superiority. I'm smarter than you. I'm intellectually greater than you. I figured you out, and of course, she's not going to be into that. One of the big ones here is trying to isolate you from your friends or family. Again, that is psycho behavior. That is somebody who is looking to dominate your entire life, be controlling, probably at the, at the end of the day, has serious, deep down um, anger issues that are going to yeah. manifest themselves physically at some point. If a guy's trying to isolate isolate you from your friends and family you need to run not walk run yeah i was gonna say i don't know if it's abuse but it's abuse adjacent it's in the it's in the same ballpark in my opinion it's there closer to abuse right. than anything i would want to be guilty right. of and i and, and yeah i i think it's very it's that's very dangerous territory there another one here is and again guys are so guilty of this and women too and it just happens when you get jaded but a big red flag in dating is when guys, for women, when guys will say, all my exes are crazy or every chick's crazy but you. Which, again, this one should be paint by numbers easy. Yeah. If every, dude, if every of, if all of your exes are crazy, 
There is only this is what I always say to women when they when they post memes, right? Talking about how all guys are dicks. What do I always say? Those dudes all had one thing in common, sweetheart. Your bum ass picked every last one. So guys, if every chick that you've dated has been a psycho and made your life hell, guess what? You have horrific taste and your bum ass picked every last one. Think it, don't say it. You right. know what I mean? Like that's really Dude. what we're talking about here. Is like, well, uh, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But what are you saying that to her for? Guys, let you me give idiots? you let me give you a good piece of advice. If you want your penis to be happy, shut up. Quit saying so much. And of course, all you're saying to a woman is, yeah, every chick's crazy. All my exes were crazy. All you're basically saying is, I'm an infantile child that has no idea how to interact with somebody from the opposite sex. Now, it is possible you dated some crazy whores. I mean, God knows. I mean, again, my hand kind of full raised here. Kind of kind of guilty, right? I mean, that does happen too. But if every, but again, I've dated four or five chicks who honestly, for most guys, would be the girl that got away. They were great, right? I'm just a selfish dick who doesn't, doesn't really want to be happy at the end of the day. But if every girl you've ever dated is crazy, dude, you're the problem. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. Brian Jones out of Akron won himself $1,000 with Rock 106.9. Your next opportunity, 910 this morning. When is Matt Fantone out of Canton get $1,000 from Rock 106.9? Soon? Real soon? So, uh, dude, again, we were talking red flags about dating before the break, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about, like, women say, look, dude, if I go out to dinner with a guy and he treats the server rude, that that's a red flag. And I would agree. Anytime, it's a good rule of thumb that how people treat people that are in a lower social economic stance than them does kind of tell you who they are. Yeah, yeah. Right? I I mean. And so I had a guy say to me, do I have to be nice to them? I, I, I choose to treat them indifferently. Okay, well, that... <laughs> then, then, in my opinion, what you're choosing to do is go out of your way to be ruder than you have to be. Here, dude, this is these are the rules of outside, okay? These are the rules of going outside of where you live. Okay. Pants on. Yeah. How are you? Okay, good. I'm doing, doing well today. Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the rules of outside. If that's too much for you to muster up, then stick with Netflix and the mustard around your penis. You know what I mean? Do whatever. Do do whatever you want to do in there. But if you can't muster how are you doing, then stay home. Yeah, I mean, even as a server in my past, I I can totally remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've done this a thousand times. Oh, dude, I've been a a waiter in a million different places. I'm a bartender, too. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to get into the conversation, or very few people. I hated when people were like, well, tell me about your life. And I'm like, dude, shut up. I'm a waiter. Who cares? Like, just here's your cheese sticks, and we're moving on with our day, and I got other things to do. Um, But, yes, being polite, that's that's what it boils down to. Do you have to be this guy's best friend? No. No. Do you do do you have to have like a personal connection with everybody who serves you? No, no. of course not. But being polite we, is not too much to ask. Dude, dude. We all know this. I always say it's it's conversation roulette. When you ask somebody, how you doing? You're just praying they don't actually tell you. Right. The last thing I want to know is how you're doing today. That's, so, right. I do not care. So just like the rule of outside is you put pants on and you say, how are you doing? Then the other person's responsibility of being outside is just to go, I'm doing good. Good. How are you, man? I'm good. Doing good. good. That, that's, good. 
That's how that works. And then they ask, you want a Long Island or a Coke? And then we all move on with our day and everything's fine right there. Would you like to hear the specials? I, um, you're, you're, and this isn't just exclusive to relationships. I mean, this is anywhere that you go, whether this is out to dinner with your boss or in a, you know out to dinner with her parents or whatever. I mean, it was four years ago today, by the way, the Stansberry Show. It uh, kind of unofficially had its uh, begin. Our first dinner where you mm-hmm. and I met was four years ago today. Yeah. And there was a little bit of me that's like, all right, this dude doesn't suck just because we've had pleasant interactions at dinner there was he, you know we're nice to the waiters and we're like we're talking about the same things I, I you, you you tell a lot about who you are in those moments what you do with waiters and what you do with your with your shopping cart when you're done with it you tell who you are dude here's what's funny what i can tell because i have a photo from that night yeah. maybe maybe we'll you know what maybe what i'll do is i'll post it at facebook.com slash stansbury show here in a minute but here's what i can tell you and i are different like you and I, now we're still broke, but we're like a good version of broke now. Right. We're broke with money. Right. <laughs> like, it's a difference. Like, it's a huge difference. It's a, it's a major difference. Like that night, dude, you and I, dude, like here, I tell the story all the time. That night after that dinner dispersed, I had no way to get back home to Cleveland. I lived in West Park then. And I had got dropped off at the meeting. I didn't even have a car then. Like that's how bad my life got after Oregon. Like things went sideways fast, right? And I like went to Facebook and was like, "Dude, can somebody give me a ride home?" And like I had, <laughs> I never forget the guy's name. Ray Michaels is his name. I'll never forget his name because he went uh, completely out of his way to pick me up in Akron and drove me all the way back to Cleveland because he used to listen to a previous version of the show. God, what a slice of humble pie that was to Ugh. you. Here you are sitting at Ugh. a meeting with, in a job interview that's essentially going to change your life, and you have to ask for a, a ride, ride home. home. Not. From like your mom or from like one of your best friends or somebody nope. that's been there with you, you just had to ask the general populace. Man, this that's is weesh. this is what I'm always saying about this job, dude. Is this is why I bitch about Twitter and Facebook as much as I do? Is like, dude, I've slept in my car for my opinion. You logged in, and that's why I don't value that stuff as much as I do other things. It's just, but it, yeah, it was four years ago today. Just be now. Look, everybody's got bad days, so if somebody's going to be able to find video of me somewhere losing my mind over something, right? And I'm sure right now <laughs> there's somebody in Canton that's like, dude, it's you were in Giant dance. Eagle that day, and you were like a total dick to me when I was ringing out your five for twenty things. You were a jerk, and you it was obvious, right? Everybody's got bad days, but overall, just try to be a dude. The rules of outside pants. How are you doing? Those are the rules of outside. Your shot at a thousand dollars next on Rock 106. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 here momentarily. I, uh, in the break, found a, uh, I found the photo that I was talking about, which is from the first time you and I had dinner together with one of the powers that be here in the building <laughs> to try and put this show together. Do you remember where that was? That, that was yeah. Uh, it was inside the um, the Rubber Duck Stadium, yeah. right? Canal Park, whatever that restaurant is in there, like extra bases or something like that. Some sort of baseball, yeah, some right. sort of baseball pun place. Um, that was uh, that was the first night Stansbury and I had ever met each other. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously radio is a kind of small world. Like, there's not very many. You know, not, not all that many people work in it. So you think many. somewhere along the line we would have ran into each Especially other. Especially since we're both from the same hometown. And that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's like same hometown, same graduating high school, and we just didn't know each other. You were, 
if memory serves, you were interning for an afternoon show when I was doing afternoons yeah, in that building in Cleveland. I was in the building, and the only time I kind of sort of remember running into you and us having words. The smoking lounge, right? Yep, is the inside smoking lounge. I was working on one of the news station shows, and me and the guy that ran it, we were smoking cigarettes, and then Stansberry comes in all cool. And my yeah. uh, my <laughs> boss at the time loved that guy. Oh yeah! So we all had to be like, yeah, no, nope. he's the greatest. That that guy, that host you worked for, <laughs> my boss at the time loved that guy. So we were always like, yeah, yeah dude, he awesome. brought him back from San Francisco, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he dragooned him to come back, mm-hmm. and it, it was like one of those things where it's like you had to like that guy. It's very funny. We should start smoking cigarettes again. <laughs> Bro, these rooms gotta, right over here to start lighting up new parts, baby. Why you got to do that to me? <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah we had a smoking lounge up there. A long time ago. I'll never forget, like, one. they did, like, a Sunday night metal show, and, like, a couple of the guys from Chimera came up there to be interviewed. Right. And they were all, like, dude, a couple of those guys were all smoking joints in that smoking lounge. I was like, guys, you guys, cannot just do this right here. What's the matter with you? You know what? I you know what? I should retract that. I'm not sure it was Chimera. It was, like, one of those local bands that, 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 that you would actually interview. Right. So it was either Mushroom Head or Chimera. <laughs> <laughs> it, was either, it, was, it was one of those. It was one of those two. Thanks. So I don't know how to say this properly. I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways, which is this is a little alarming when I think about how long this has been running. But it's this film festival. Is it can? It's I, I checked on this Cons? during the break. Can it's it's nobody really knows how to say it. Oh, Some great. people pronounce it can, like C A N. Other people pronounce it cons, like like James Con. Yeah, like con. And then there's cons. And then there's some people who say con with like you know with with like the O sound to it. So I don't I don't know if there is like an official. Here's here's how you say. Yeah, it. I don't know. I just don't know. And. There is a huge piece of controversy surrounding this film festival right now, and apparently something like a hundred people walked out of a movie that they were featuring at this at this you know film festival, okay. which is I believe like aren't they the original? And then like Sundance came after that, and then yeah. now kind of everybody's kind of kind of got one, yeah. right? Canton has one, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody's kind of got one of these now, and that's cool. I like culture moving around, right? But apparently a hundred and some people walked out of a movie early at this film festival. And then the people who did stay for the finish of the film, they say the minute the credits started, they just ran for the door because people were disgusted with what they saw. Okay. Now, it's a movie called The House That Jack Built. And I don't know everything about this movie. I don't know the, the whole thing. I know Kevin Dillon is the star of the film. And... um He's been in some things I like, but he's not necessarily like an A-lister for me. I'm sure he would be for some of you, not necessarily for me. But he's a serial killer. Like, he's a killer. Like, he's a murderer. It's what he is. And apparently what people were so upset about is that there is a scene in the movie where he points a shotgun at women and children, and he kills women and children. And I'm kind of stuck in what I think here I'm or what I I actually let me say this I am stuck on what should I think here okay okay now I don't want to go I feel like people who like me who have a position like mine who say well I'm an artist is kind of pretentious yes there's an art form to what I do I don't necessarily consider myself to be an artist but I do want artists to be able to experiment in the way that they want to so I get solid entertainment. Right. However, 
I do understand for some people taking a shotgun, pointing it at children and ending their lives in a film is going to be a line too far for you. I get that. I'm not I don't dis I don't disagree with that. However, the flip side going back, let's flip the coin over one more time. Could I not make the argument that this is what a killer would do and that to pretend that a killer would care about whether or not or that some killers would care about whether or not they kill children? It would be inauthentic to to the to the film, right? So, are people soft, or is entertainment getting to the point where it's like, Jesus, we don't care about, do we have no lines? Oh, well, I, I was going to say, I think that everybody has their own personal line to draw, and if you walk out of a movie because you think it sucks or it's too grotesque or there was too much whatever for you, that's okay. What? I got I got zero issue with that. No, I I mean, right? You, you do what what you feel is right for you, and. Uh, <laughs> I guess it does turn into, though, is there no line? I mean, like, violence against children, that's 100% okay. If you want to stick a shotgun down a kid's mouth and well, blow their head off, that's fine. But, like, well, if I make a movie about Jeffrey Dahmer and who was raping, you know, or, you know, raping kids, is sex with children going to be okay? Because that's what... There's 7,000 documentaries on that guy on Netflix right now. Well, you, but, you but, but is there, is there, that is, are you showing him rape children? Because it's like, well, that's what happened and that's my artistic in- integrity and I can do that. Of course that's gonna. Of course that's gonna be a completely different conversation. So like, yeah. there's lines. I don't know where everyone's lines are, but there's lines. A hundred percent. Now, not the one you just named, because I think that that would be a line for most people. What is going to make Matt Fantone walk out of a movie theater? Just not enjoying it, right? Like, there's nothing sure. that's going to make you go, sure. "Oh my god!" Like, this is I'm not enjoying it because I because I just am disgusted, right? I, I think things would make me cringe. I think things would make me say, "I wouldn't recommend that movie." I wouldn't necessarily watch that movie again. Is something making me turn it off? Is there something so grotesque or like walk out of something you paid? I think it's different than turning off Netflix, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, violence against animals is that okay? Where it's like you know you 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 show these yeah. do- you know you show dogs getting beat is it like well there you go That's- is it is it a movie and they're like and, and they're like faking a dog getting beat that's I, different I, than me than sitting around watching a youtube video of a dog getting beat yeah i mean there was that video um coming out of new philly where i think kids were taking like a butane torch to a to a to a, a possum and that's just absolutely grotesque but like yeah that I, is. I, I don't know i, I and, and and at the end of the day, I don't I don't want people to feel like, well, if that's a line too far for you, you should be ashamed of yourself because it's like, no, dude, that's where my line is. Like now, it's not No, you got a line, right? I mean, you have a line and and, and and if you're the kind of person that this is who I want you to be as a person. I didn't like it, I walked out of it. Great. I don't want you to be the person I didn't like it, I walked out of it, nobody should get to see it. I that's where you lose me. But now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't see I didn't see the remake and I have not seen the original in long enough to know. But wasn't it a massive hit? And isn't it about a, a about a children's clown who then takes kids, takes them under the sewer, and rapes them? I don't know where that line was. I didn't see the new one and either. My point is, you can buy the it Funko doll, and that we buy this thing, a pedophile doll, to give to kids, and that's okay. But we point a shotgun at a kid in a movie, and we're all going to pretend like we're outraged. I don't know where this the line is when it comes to like serial killers. And I, I, I was this a movie that was based in anything, or is this just? I haven't read far enough into it. I was going to say because I mean maybe the work of fiction being it is is where we draw the line, but that's not even necessarily true. But like I, I don't know because some things are okay where it's like yes, you can love serial killers recreate it talk about. 
about it and that's all fine. Other things, it's like, well, no, we can't do a movie about a school shooter. You're glorifying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many lines that we move around on a regular basis. I don't know where it lies anymore. I don't. Uh, Jeremy tweeting at me telling me a Rob Zombie quote, and I like this. Art should not be safe. And again, that's coming from Rob, who likes to make things a little bit on the edge. But again, I want Rob to be able to have the freedom it takes to get me the albums I want, the movies that some of you like. I'm not really wild about Rob Zombie's movies career, but that's just me, right? Um, but, I, but I love his music, and so like, I want Rob to be able to experiment and go where he needs to go, just like I want to be able to go where I w- need to go to do what I need to do, and I want the same for Fantone, and I want the same for the rest of you. There's always this big question, what would be the first thing you did if you won the lottery? A guy did what we would all wish we could do, and I'll give you that story after you win this $1,000. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I want to thank the audience for letting me know during the break that, um, again, I didn't see the movie, so I wasn't sure, and I don't remember the original, that uh, Pennywise from It didn't actually rape children. He just, like, lured them and then then killed them. But again, that movie was, like, all the rage, and it did huge numbers, and it was, like, this big, like, cult classic thing, and yet this the house that Jack built, because Kevin Dillon kills a couple of kids in the movie, people are, are walking out of theaters. Now, you have the right to walk out of a theater. Everybody's got their line. But it just seems to me strange that one thing, I mean, we're selling that a, a kid's toys about a child murderer, and yet a guy murders two kids in a movie, and it's like the worst thing in the world. Maybe the overly grotesque nature Probably. of it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that film looks sure. like. You know what I mean? But And, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, dude, you, the more graphic you make it, the more people are going to be like, Ugh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's all right. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that has something to do with it. I haven't seen either of the movies, so I, I don't really know which one's more graphic or not. I really don't. You hear this question a lot. What's the first thing you're going to do if you win the lottery, man? What's what the first thing? thing? Dude, I don't know anymore because, like, I'm old enough now where, like, buying a really expensive car, like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini, doesn't sound like what I would do right away. Right. Um, I, you know what I would do, honestly? Here's This is how crazy this is. This is how basic your life gets the older you get. My daydream now is deleting my Facebook account. <laughs> like, $50 million Stansberry's get off Facebook. Boom. Done. Your boy's out. Like that's like that's what like that and like th- like here's me. Do, I, I would wait until I actually got there. I, I it, dude, I book a private plane cuz I've always wanted to fly private, never right. have and it seems like that'd be cool. And I, I would fly private and I would go to the beach and I would make one more post. I want $125 million. I'm done. I'm never coming back. And I would delete all the accounts. I'd take the phone and I'd whip it in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm doing. This has to be job quitting money. It can't be like, well, you won $500,000 because right. then it's like, well, you really can't. In five I years, mean, I'm going to need a job. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you can, you can, you can not have a job, but, you know, you're going to need one eventually. So this has to be a substantial amount of money. So we'll say, I guess, $100 million. We'll say, like, a significant amount there. Sure. Um, I would hope that everybody immediately decides to go take a trip. I think that would be the first thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, you want to, like, you know, buy your parents new cars. You want to do all these things. Really what it boils down to is I'd be like, all right, people that I love. All right, we're going to the Bahamas for a month. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably the first thing I'm doing. Yeah, I um, you know, taking care of my mom and my brother and that kind of thing, obviously. You know what I mean? But yeah, like a vacation now. Yeah, it's the first thing out, I think. I bring this up because a man from Illinois had won like $125 million in the lottery. That's a lot. Now, he did what most people would do, which is quit his job. Yeah. 
Now, again, that's probably the first thing I'm doing, right, is, is quitting my job. Yeah, yeah. Right? Give me $125 million. I love what I do for a living. I love it. But if you gave me $125 million, I would love the fact that I didn't have to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. $125 million, I'm quitting. Right? But he's now been arrested because he took $224,000 of his winnings. Okay. And bought 20,000 tons of horse manure and dumped it on his boss's front lawn. That is awesome. Yeah. He's been arrested. Now, yeah. here's the thing. You're not going to serve hard time for it. it. This is not a charge that's going to stick with you forever, and you're not going to be able to move on from your life. And I got to imagine it was worth every penny. You got $125 million. You can move on with your life. At the end of the day, that is more than enough money for moving on with your life. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be fined, and I'm sure he's going to have to pay for it to all be removed. So there's going to be a little bit of like, well, would you even do this for? But nah, dude, this is, you know, I, I approve. Yeah. As I was telling you yesterday, we just don't live in the prank society anymore. Uh, there are a couple that are that are going to be able to, you know, sneak in the goalpost there. And I think that this is one of them. I, this, I'm sure this won't. I'm sure this is not the most riveting radio. I don't. If I were to, if you were to give me 125 million dollars, this is, I guess, is how lucky I really am. My boss and I don't always see eye to eye, and as a matter of fact, it's been now we're we we got through it. We had the close the door. What the hell's been on you? What the hell are you so mad at me for? Kind of meeting last week, right? And so we kind of moved past it. But for like a month and a half, we were kind of like at odds, where we weren't talking much in the hallway. We were both being passive aggressive with how we were dealing with one another, and it just was coming to a head, right? But if you were to give me $125 million, this is how lucky I am, that I don't have a boss that I hate, like that I would, like, I don't have to do anything to him to, to leave here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, my boss is actually a halfway decent dude. I mean, you could go back through the history of my life and uh, don't get me wrong. There's been bosses that I've hated and people that I felt like were, were terrible. But if I have $125 million, all of a sudden you aren't important enough for me to be worried about. I'm not spending $200,000 on crap to go put on your lawn because I'm not, I don't care, dude. Go live your miserable life. Keep making, you know, your $38,000 a year, you know, managing this restaurant. And I'm going to be on the beach with $125 million. I, I'm never thinking about you again. I'm not. Like, I started to think about it yesterday when I read this. And I was like, okay, what's the last time you had a boss that you disliked enough to where you would do this? And it was 2010. There's a Wikipedia page on me. You can find out who was my boss in 2010, right? That I thought to myself is like, all right, I would dump, I would easily dump $200,000 worth of horse manure on that dude's front lawn. And then I thought to myself, well, in 2010, you would have. In 2018, if I win that money, that guy's not even on my mind. Like, like I, like that guy only crossed my mind because I had to go back and think about when the last time I had a boss that I hated that much. And God, did I hate that man. But I, 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 but I don't feel that way anymore. I've moved on from it. Like I don't. As a matter of fact, I just said I hate that man. No, I hated that man. I don't think about him either way anymore. And if anything, I walked away from this going, you know what? I'm pretty lucky. Because I would send my boss like selfies from the beach and be like, dude, sucks to be you. Crank up that Bruno Mars for me, buddy. Play it. You know what I mean? And I would maybe tease him about it, but I don't hate the guy enough to want to destroy his lawn for that. Although apparently one of his neighbors already yeah, did it for me. He's having issues. He's having some issues. We will be back to close out the program next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. 
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com. Got a couple of days before the Cavaliers play again. Might as well Good. talk about this because it's not the Cavaliers. It is your Cleveland Browns. All right. Now, the day after the draft, I came in here and I was concerned about the, the Browns taking Baker Mayfield at number one. I was worried that what had happened there is that they tried to outsmart the room. And we're going to pass on Darnold and Rosen, the two quarterbacks everybody says are going to be really good pros. We think we're going to get value here. We'll take take Baker Mayfield, right? Wow. React. That was the reaction of everybody. They could not believe that kid was a number one pick, right? Now, I don't know if he is or not. Okay, but I was a little concerned. Now, I've been saying this since then, that Baker Mayfield has done and said, I think, so far... Now, I obviously don't know everything he said. Most of the right things. Like, he's kind of doing stuff that's making me go, God, I want to get on this Baker Mayfield train. Like, so much so that I'm worried I'm going to jump on, I'm going to buy a Baker Mayfield jersey, and I'm going to go in, like, hook, line, and sinker and be duped yet again. Like, that's how much this kid's, like, earning my favor over, right? And he's just been kind of doing the right things. And they were talking to him about getting paid to be a professional player. And what are you going to buy? You know, that whole thing. And Baker Mayfield, now I don't know if he'll do it or not, but the fact that he's saying the right stuff is at least a win in my book. Baker Mayfield came out and said, with my first check, I'm putting it in my savings account. That's saying the right thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it already by this time, after the draft, like this short period of time after the draft, where Johnny was already in Vegas, Drunk. Oh yeah. On a swan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Swan had already happened right swan, now. Swan, right? I think we're probably at rolled up dollar bill point now where we're like, uh oh. Jeez, really? Well, I mean, well what that was well before the first season. Yeah. So like we were definitely in the territory of swan and rolled up dollar bills with Manzel, no question. Dude, I gotta tell you, Baker is doing the right stuff. He's saying the right things. He's dude, he's getting me. Yeah, at the end of the day, I I I'm gonna go further and say that he's got me at this point. Really? I mean now you can only judge the guy based on what's happened so far and granted he has not played a snap of football in the NFL yet so like right you can only I can only assess you on what you've done from the moment of the draft until today I can't look into the future and tell you what's going to happen there but across the board I mean everything points to yes and that's his performance in the rookie mini camp and his you know work after after hours on taking snaps under center center, and the devotion that he showed to the playbook and the fact that he has not put him he's put himself in good favor with Brown's you know elites and Bernie Kosar and Jim Brown and all those different things Mm -hmm. where you're right it's not necessarily taking a snap yet and fingers crossed that doesn't even happen this year all I can judge you on is what you've done, and at this point, you're passing my test, dude. I'm 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 in on Baker Mayfield. I feel like it was. A, I, I feel like the kid's a good pick. Are you gonna buy a Baker Mayfield jersey, dude? I want a Baker yeah. Mayfield jersey. I yeah. do because for the first. Here's what I'll say. I have no. And again, I wanted Sam Darnold, but I was never like anti Baker. I just thought it was an unconventional pick, but. I never thought Johnny Manziel was going to be a pro quarterback. I just never saw it, right? So I was never in on the, well, dude, we might have got our guy here. 
But, dude, if Baker Mayfield ends up being a 10-year kid, I kind of want a jersey early. Especially that year one jersey. Yeah, I mean, of course you're going to want to be like, yeah, dude, 2018, I had was it. in. Oh, dude, I was all in on it. Who cares about what the podcast says? I don't have that was 10 years ago. Um, but, yes, Baker Mayfield, do I want a jersey? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. I kind of want to rock that number six on it, dude. I, yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to look like a drug dealer when I wear it, but still, like, I, I, I kind of want one. Yeah. I mean, the football, dude, honestly, yeah, the football jersey for guys my age, it is. It's like at the stadium, maybe, but outside of that, like, where are you wearing that? Like, you probably right. shouldn't do that. Right. But I mean, like, I don't know. That's, that's such as the nature of it. Like, I've got this Browns leather jacket that I will only wear to games, but I'm like, well, dude, if I'm only wearing it once, you know, once a year, or, you know, once every other year when I go in December, it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to wear it every day for it to be worth it. So, I don't know. I feel like a Baker jersey is not going to be the worst. Dude, I might go all in, grab authentic, official NFL issue Baker Mayfield jersey. It's not by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They'll get it done for you, buddy. Do they burn it at the counter for me? Like, how does it, like, how does it, I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know what to do. I mean, I haven't bought a brown... The last... Browns jersey I think I bought and god what a horrible pick this was is I like the orange jerseys myself right right. like if I'm gonna buy them I think I got a brown oh no I'm sorry an orange Andre Davis wide receiver jersey because I was like man that kid might be something because we were we were like we were doing broadcasting live from camp and he kept blowing everybody at camp away I uh I don't have any Browns jerseys. I have Cavs jerseys. I have Indians jerseys. I don't have any football jerseys at this point. No, I um I I think the one piece of like Browns gear I have is the No Ordinary Joe shirt. Uh, I've got shirts. I've I've gotten shirts this year. I bought a hat last year, and I know it always sucks football hats, but I was like, eh, dude, I want to wear it. So like, I've got shirts, but dude, a jersey, I might have to. I might have to get a Baker jersey. Team and Baker. Dude, here's the thing that's crazy. I haven't wanted to go to the opening day game this bad in forever. And we don't even know if he's going to play. As a no. matter of fact, dude, I Fingers think it's we- I think it's week 6. I think he is on the field this year. I wouldn't do it, but I think he's I think they're going to have to. But I got to tell you, dude, I want to go. I think this is at least partially a little bit of the Northeast Ohio sports fan where it's like, up, okay, down, up, down. okay, all right, the, the the Cavaliers window is shut. The Indians underperforming in the division got got knocked out of the playoffs in the first round last year, lost 3-1 to one when they were up in the World Series. So it feels like that window's kind of shut. It's that desperation of like, all right, those things aren't working anymore. Please, Love Cleveland me. Browns. Love please, me. Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's the best, uh, you know, the, the the best line of thought right there for the year. But, I, I, dude, and God, it sucks to say, but like, yeah, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into. Like, I don't want to be, but it's hard not to be. Ten and six. No, I'm no, kidding. Stop no, it. No, 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 stop it. No, no, no. I, I'm kidding. I think Vegas has it at five. If they win five, that's a miracle in my book. They have it. Um, they have us winning more games than Cincinnati. I bet the under already. I, I bet the under. I bet our buddy Dustin right now texting both of us. The roadie baby happening. Ten and six. It's not Dustin. Dude, when he finds out I want to buy a Baker Mayfield jersey, <laughs> he will be obnoxious <laughs> about it. Obnoxious. Mike tweets in, last jersey I bought was a, uh, was a Browns. I, I also bought an orange jersey, but mine was Trent Richardson. Oof. Yeah. I was excited yeah. about him, too, though. I won't lie. I, dude, I was all about Trent Richardson. I loved that pick when they picked that. And just dead, 
dead wrong. All right, one more question before we get out of here. People yeah. asking, how do we feel about personalized jerseys? I'm not in. The Fantone jersey? I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. Now, my buddy, my friends Jim and Jessica, their last name is Anderson. Okay. So, like, he still wears his Derek Anderson jersey. Okay, that's different. That's, that, different. that's, that's very different. And so, like, that, I, I'll, I will excuse that. But if you're going to get an authentic jersey that you want to last, even to get a Baker Mayfield one is not a safe bet. It's no. the Cleveland Browns. It's the NFL. Dudes get washed out all of the time. No, your best bet is going old. Get like get Kozar. a Joe Thomas okay. jersey. Get a get a Kozar jersey, a Sipe jersey. Go with a player that's already been considered to be damn good. You're not getting the Stansberry 69 jersey. Stansberry 420. Put the 420 out of the bag, baby. Uh, no. no, 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 no. Do not do that. Dude, Baker Mayfield jersey. It's happening. I'm doing it. I'm going all in. I'm buying in. Your next shot at $1,000, 10-10 with Teresa. Aside from that, we're done. If you missed anything this morning, you'll be able to podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Aside from that, have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. See you. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.